Attention, listeners. The hosts of Acquisition number L932 Taxi Recap Show have now completed their 300 recaps of the pilot episode of the television sitcom Taxi, starring Marilou Henner. They will now be free to provide a recap about the second episode of Taxi, entitled One Punch Manta. Do you hear that? We get to move on to episode two. Oh, God, that's miraculous. I think I've exhausted all the ways I can possibly talk about Judd Hirsch kissing his daughter on the lips in an airport. Quiet, the both of you! We are trying something new for this episode of the podcast. It's called Dramatic Verisimilitude. Ooh, I love Dramatic Verisimilitude. It's like in that William Blake poem. It is not like any poem. Do not challenge me! William Blake could get it. Get what? An incredible legacy is one of the foremost poets of the Romantic era? That too. As you may know from your recent episode injection, One Punch Banta concerns Tony Banta, played by the dull-witted yet lovable Tony Danza, in his quest to become a local boxer of note. He knocks out the champ at the gym with a single punch, only to learn later that the whole fight was staged. As you can imagine, Mr. Banta's subsequent fight does not go well, as he is talentless and weak. You two have likely never been in a physical fight before, as you are both soft-bodied avoiders of conflict. I was once punched in the face on the playground by a boy named Llewellyn. So in order to get in what you plebeians call the headspace of Tony Banta, I order that you engage in fisticuffs with one another. One of you will have to knock the other out. We're to engage in fisticuffs? Yes, fisticuffs. Much like Llewellyn did that fateful recess period. Freaking Llewellyn. He's an apothecary now. My only exposure to violence has been crushing dead leaves underfoot while birdwatching in Door County, Wisconsin. That's not violence. The leaves were already dead. But it still felt like I was hurting their feelings. Do either of you have a thought you don't say? I'm having a thought about William Blake, I'm not saying. Silence, both of you. You do realize I can add more years to your sentence, don't you? I'm sorry. I've got a bad case of podcaster's mouth. You'll have to forgive us. We've been sharing every inane thought we've had about taxi with our state-mandated listeners for over a month. I am in a pitying mood, so I'll ignore these outbursts. Now you'll notice the walls of your booth collapsing. Do not be alarmed. You're entering the ring of untold hurt. This is where all pathetic, lugubrious podcasters are meant to fight one another. So we've been in a boxing arena this whole time? You've been in a room in a boxing arena. That's different. It's like Matryoshka dolls. So this is a common occurrence? This fighting thing? Yes. You will both be injected with an endurance serum that will allow you to fight continuously for hours at a time. Have... Have any of your podcasters ever killed each other in these brawls? Podcasters are too constitutionally weak and noodle-armed to do material damage to ants, let alone each other. I'd say you two are more threatened by sunburns than each other's lame left hooks. It's true. It takes me about two minutes to burn, even if I'm wearing SPF 70 and a sun hat. I miss the sun. I miss circadian rhythms. Allowing podcasters' traditional sleep cycles results in an 11% decrease in efficiency. Now, you two shall discuss episode two of Taxi and exchange a minimum of one blows. Boxing announcer, please step out of the shadows and into the ring and equip the podcasters with their fighting gloves. As you wish. Fighting gloves? 
Gloves are for loving. These fit so snugly, just as well as my cooking mittens. You mean oven mitts. No, I wear winter mittens whenever I cook. Keeps me humble. Now administer the endurance serum. It's pumping through my veins. I feel like I could outrun a hundred Danny DeVitos. My frontal lobe is telling me this is wrong, but my basal ganglia are all lit up like an Alabama sky on the 4th of July. Oh, God. I just want to dance and faint and punch and dance some more. Three, two, one, fight! Are you really going to punch me, Viv? Punch you? I thought you were going to punch me! Well, since one of us has to knock the other out, I insist you punch me. I simply won't let you martyr yourself like that. You're my best friend. Please punch me. No, I insist. No, I insist. Why aren't they fighting? I said, fight! We are fighting! We're fighting about who has to swing the first punch. It's not a fight, Rebecca. It's a verbal altercation. I think that qualifies. It does not! Tell Rebecca she has to be the one to punch me. No! Vivian has to do the punch. Boxing announcer, administer more serum. And fight! I simply insist that Rebecca serve as assailant for this melee. I am far too delicate to raise my fists in conflict. If she won't punch me, I'll punch myself, damn it. Good lord! This is what it comes to, huh? Me punching myself in a government black site so my friend and I can atone for having watched You've Got Mail? Don't do it! I'm going to do it! No, don't do it! I'll punch myself first! What's that? <sighs> that is the lunch bell. It's time for lunch. Lunch? We haven't eaten lunch or really any meal outside of the nutritional pellets you've been giving us for over a month. Lunch, as you scruffy lickspittles call it, takes place once every two months as a special allowance to keep inmates' morale up. You will all sit in a cafeteria and eat the slop you so love off brightly colored trays. Is the slop vegan? It doesn't technically contain any organic matter, so yes. Who cares if it's vegan? It's food. Real food. How do we get to this cafeteria? It is directly beneath you. I will allow you to attend lunch, but don't think you've gotten out of fighting. Now, brace yourselves. Brace ourselves? Three, two, one. Lunch. Ah! Hey, you landed in my slop. That's what happens when you sit at the trapdoor table. Oh, hush up, busy Steve. Wow, I feel superhuman right now. I feel like I'm using 14% of my brain instead of 6%. I feel like I could fall into the slop of a hundred Danny DeVitos. Do you think it's the endurance serum? It has to be. Nothing else could explain it. What are you talking about, endurance serum? Who are you? Get out of my slop! Yeah, get out of Agnes's slop. I want to get some slop of my own. Hi, I'm Rebecca. This is Vivian. I'm Agnes. They call me Busy Steve. Is that because you have so much to do? What? You got my slop all over the floor. You owe me another bowl of slop. Agnes, Busy Steve, yes. I'll get you slop. I'll get us all slop. They serve it over there in the lunch line. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Hello. We would like double portions, please. Everybody gets 0.682 liters of slop. No exceptions. How do you get it down to the decimal? I have my ways. We need to get slop for ourselves and also for Agnes because Agnes sat under the trap door and we fell through the trap door and landed on her slop and she got really cheesed and oh my god do you have any cheese? 
Slop only, no extras. No extras? We won't be able to give Agnes any slop to atone for the damage we caused unless we sacrifice some of our own. It's a real sloppy's choice. We didn't cause that damage. We were dropped through a trapdoor without our consent. If it weren't for us, Agnes would still have her slop. We need to make things right here. I've eaten nothing but decaf nutrient pellets for the past month. I'm savoring every last milliliter of this slop. This isn't over, Vivian. Fine, Rebecca. It isn't over. Okay, then. Isn't that just great? It sure is. Just great. Just great. Well, where's my slop? If Agnes doesn't get her lunchtime slop, she becomes a real bother. We have no slop. Agnes, you can have half my slop. Oh, God. Please don't be a martyr now. I don't want half a slop. I want a whole slop. I... I guess I could just give you my whole slop. I will force feed you this slop before you give a morsel of it to Agnes. What did you say? Don't mind her. She's just a little testy from this endurance serum they pumped into us when they tried to force us to cage fight. Possibly to the death. I swear to God, I will feed you this whole slop. One time I spilled slop, and I atoned for it by making an extra funny podcast about the Mary Tyler Moore Show. One time I spilled slop, and I didn't bother to atone for it because I'm not a freaking charity. Oh, so you're making podcasts about old shows as punishment too? Punishment? I'll tell you who deserves punishment. It's this selfish androgen who ruined my meal and refuses to share hers. How are you going to share with me, Agnes? I ate it all. You going to cut me open and scoop it out? You got a scalpel and a slop scoop on you, Agnes? Vivian! What? Make her perform surgery if she wants the slop so bad. I haven't finished digesting it yet. You watch your mouth, cat attack. I was a fish surgeon before they locked me up in here. A fish surgeon? What even is that? I'm sure it's a viable profession. Who killed Rebecca Frumpkin and replaced her with Agnes's best friend? Was it me? I'm just trying to be civil, Vivian. I'm trying not to get us in more trouble than we're already in. Ooh, civil. Look at me being civil. I'm so kind and so generous, and I drive a hybrid, and I let my New Yorker subscription expire, and I wear glasses. I was getting tired of David Remnick's talk of the town, and you wear glasses. Oh, is that a fact? I think we can all agree that you both wear glasses. And I'm going to break her glasses. Watch me. Viv? I don't think you know what you're doing. Oh, I know what I'm doing. We're gonna settle this once and for all. We're gonna fight. You are not hitting the sapphic who gave me her slot. She never gave it to you, Agnes. She offered it, but she never gave it. Look, she's still holding it. Well, I'm gonna give it to her now. How do you like that? Thank you, haircut. Absolutely not. What did you just do? I feel unsafe. God, this is bad. You know what's bad? How much I'm going to fight you. Wouldn't that be good? For you, I mean. 
Shut up, busy Steve. Make the fight bad for her, timid glasses. Knock her out. Viv, it's just the endurance serum. Don't give in to it. You know what I never really liked? What? The film adaptation of Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy. What? Yeah. Gary Oldman gave a middling performance. He gave a stirring performance, and Screen Rant called it a thinking person spy film. You know, I never really cared for the John Le Carre novel either. You take that back. Yeah, I don't know. It felt pretty formulaic. Honestly, I'd rather read Grisham. Oh, that's it. We're on. Yes! The timid glasses will fight the aggressive glasses. Can I eat during the fight? I didn't get to finish my slop. Fight, 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 fight! Hey, it's a fight! And here I thought we were going to make our goal of 50 fight-free days. Boy, is the egg on my face. My money's on the tall one in heels and the t-shirt that says, what's Vor got to do with it? I don't know. The one dressed like a newspaper boy circa 1932 looks sneaky. I think she has a chance. Fight, 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 fight! I hope you're ready for this, Rebecca. I learned this move from watching Half of Million Dollar Baby. That movie is ableist, and Clint Eastwood is a fascist. I don't disagree. Stop. Busy Steve, let me at her. She's a slop spiller. Stay out of this, Busy Steve. She likes Thomas Alfredson films. My mother always said when we kids fought that the raccoons could hear us, and we were keeping them awake. What? What? Why did you stop the nice fight, you imbecile? My point is, peace keeps the raccoons asleep. I don't think there are any raccoons in here. Not anymore. Oh my god, Rebecca. Busy Steve is right. We can be heard by the metaphorical raccoons that surround us in our lives. Friends, loved ones, disembodied voices that demand you spend 23 hours a day talking about sitcoms. We owe it to them to be our best, most peaceful selves. Truce? Truce. What? They stopped fighting? What's the point of even eating in this cafeteria if there's not going to be a fight? We don't have to lie down and take this. We can fight among ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy when the plucky spy Jim Pardue was set up by that vile mole Bill Hayden. Or like that time in my life when a bunch of jailed podcasters started rioting in a cafeteria. We have to stop this somehow. For Agnes. What are you talking about, for Agnes? It's what she would have wanted. You do realize Agnes is alive, right over there, hitting some guy on the head with her slop spoon. I'm not stopping until I concuss everyone who's ever wronged me. We should do it in her honor. Okay, whatever works for you, but let's try and do something about this now. Okay. Attention, um, everyone? Can everyone hear me? Right, so I've noticed there's a riot in this cafeteria. And I've noticed, too, that there's a riot in my heart. Yes, a riot of emotion. You see... I grew up the daughter of a pair of zoological therapists. You're probably wondering what those are. Imagine my mother guiding a pig through cognitive behavioral therapy, and my father prescribing Lexapro to a horse. I was a quiet child, soft-spoken, and I took to the animal's company pretty quickly. I remember fondly the Christmas when I and a few capybaras performed Inherit the Wind for an audience of my parents. 
I play-acted as Clarence Darrow, and Johnny, the largest capybara, was the judge. Rebecca! Not now, Viv. I'm inspiring the masses. Get to the point. The what? The point. Oh, yes, the point. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is that animals are gentle creatures, and they taught me a good deal. One of the things those capybaras taught me, with their endless costume changes and prima donna-ish insistence upon top billing in the program that I fashioned myself in Microsoft Paint, was humility. Yes, humility. As Ben Lohman famously said in Death of a Salesman, I walked into the jungle, and when I was 21 I walked out, and by God I was rich. I think we can all learn a thing or two from Ben Lohman. Don't get lost in the jungle, friends. Don't let Johnny convince you that you need to wear penny loafers that pinch your feet. Overthrow! Overthrow! Humility! I can't stress enough the importance of humility and the jungle! Flip Flip the the table! table. Flip Flip the the table. table! Rebecca, you need to get down from there. This is turning into a real bad behavior bonanza. Down I go. Ah! Rebecca, are you okay? Did... Did my speech work? Did things calm down? Uh... Agnes, no! I'm too gentle to get a concussion. I am become death! Destroyer of worlds! They did not. Ah, Biscuit. You're going to have to give it a try. To be honest, I was planning to just ride this thing out. You don't want to give a speech about plays you put on for your parents? No, I'm just going to keep my head low. It's not like anyone's going to want to specifically seek me out here. Now, where's that hussy who fell on my slop? Uh, karma. Hey everyone! Safe word! Safe word! Huh? What? We never established a safe word for this brawl. A safe word? Yeah! I know I, for one, am having a blast in this riot of consenting adults. Getting out my aggression and all. But I want us to pause for just a moment so we can agree on a safe word. Good idea. Yeah, I wouldn't want to injure someone beyond what they're comfortable with. Exactly. So let's pick a safe word and then keep going berserk on one another. The safe word should be slop. That's a terrible safe word. There's slop all around us. It might come up in conversation. How about myopic? Are you kidding me? That's too many syllables. I think our safe word should be word. Oh, real original, Busy Steve. I don't want to use any safe words you clowns come up with. I'm saying myopic. Ow, Agnes, stop, myopic. Ow, slop, word. I'll stop once you come up with a safe word that doesn't bring shame to this cafeteria. Unkempt, fiscal, beamin', ow. Fill the wrath of my magnificent slop spoon. That's it. I'm getting rowdy again. You really thought a safe word was going to work? At least I tried. All you did was give an incoherent speech about capybaras. Viv, we can't fight. This is a high-stakes situation. The stakes are high. You're right. I'm sorry for the capybara remark. And I'm sorry for the safe word remark. Friends? Friends. Tall glasses and short glasses are hugging again. This is the second time they've hugged during this riot. Huggers don't belong in this cafeteria. You can't have a riot if you're hugging. I say we pull them apart. Better yet, let's trample them. Trample, 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 trample. trample. Oh my god, they're coming at us from all sides. Is this how we die? 
I always thought I'd die in a go-kart, surrounded by loved ones. No, we can get out of this. We just need to ask ourselves, what would Tony Danza do? Wear a shirt? Well, yes, that's part of it, but I was thinking more along the lines of one-punch banta. Oh, so you mean we should be very ineffective boxers. Or effective ones. Wait, we could do what the champ, the show's unnamed black character, did in his practice bout with Tony, Tony Banta, Danza. Take a die. But Danny DeVito isn't here to place bets on this riot. Doesn't matter. Just follow my lead. Ah, my good grace. I have been trampled to my wit's end. She got trampled already? But we haven't even gotten within five feet of her yet. Trust the process. A good trample should surprise you. Well, get the other one. Busy Steve, I thought you were against rioting. As long as no one gets hurt. That's the whole point of a riot, Busy Steve. Everyone gets hurt. Yeah, and oh, oh, mama, I just got hurt. I'm trampled real bad here. Oh, no. Now you're collapsed in a heap, too. You guys, we got them. We trampled them. Hooray! You're welcome, world. I'm not satisfied. I don't like this ending. A riot's not a riot unless we all get hurt. What are you going to do, Agnes? Throw slop at me? Good idea! Cease and desist, prisoners. This is the voice of reason speaking. It's the authority! And I think she's mad! Let's all pretend we weren't rioting. Maybe if we hold very still, she'll buy it. I will buy no such thing, busy Steve! I'm just gonna lob this slop real quick. Agnes, if you lob more than two milliliters of slop at anyone, you will be required to recap the entire run of Trapper John M.D. a fourth time. Fine. Vivian and Rebecca, while you succeeded in instigating a riot in this facility's finest dining establishment, you completely failed to physically connect one of your fists to the other's face during your skirmish. In our defense, we did flail our arms at each other rather aggressively. That is unacceptable. I shall now present your final opportunity. If you do not exchange blows, there will be consequences. Three, two, one, fight. Okay, Rebecca, we both know you're too squeamish to throw a punch. That's true. I can't even eat gummy bears without pretending they've been given anesthesia. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to get this over with and punch you. Okay, I'm ready. I can't make myself do this. I'm going to have to close my eyes. Okay, here I go. Yeah. You're, uh, you're not anywhere near me. Watch out. I'm moving. Yeah. 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 Ow. I mean, knockout. I mean, ow. I'm down for the count. Oh my god, Viv. You just decked the announcer. Emergency. Alert level Hyundai. Sector Bell M is under lockdown. A staff member has been assaulted. A staff member has been assaulted. Get down on the ground. No! Whoopsie. This has been Rebecca and Viv's Night Sweats. 
created by Rebecca Frumpkin and Vivian Jacobs. We would like to thank voice actors Audrey Holmes, Mandy Jordan, James Nash, Laura Thiessen, Liz Engelmeyer, Will Holcomb, and Pickney Benedict, who lent their voice talents to this episode. Also a big thanks to audio engineer Dylan Davis. Thank you to the Southern Illinois University at Carbondale English Department and Pinkney Benedict for use of his podcasting lab. Also, we want to thank the talented Kalen Kent for creating our cover art. And thanks to you, the listener, for putting up with us. 